You're listening to the Prayer Storm Podcast. We pray that this teaching blesses you, challenges you, and equips you, leaving you ignited for all that God has for you. Don't forget to check out James Ladderin's book, Life on Fire, which is out now. You can find this and more at prayerstorm.org, or you can click the link in the description below. We're going to be looking at a few uh, scriptures this morning. Let's just uh, spend a moment to pray before we get into the Word. Father, thank you for your presence. Father, we thank you for what you're doing on earth. We thank you for what you're doing in North Carolina. Thank you for what you're stirring in this church. I thank you that you are building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So, Father, we thank you for grace this morning. As we go into your word, we ask for revelation. We ask for clarity. We ask for wisdom that your word will come forth with power to bring deliverance, to bring encouragement, to bring awakening. Father, give me utterance to communicate your heart, Lord, to this church today in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I was just reflecting on uh, some of the times I've been here. And uh, even before I came up, my heart has been in two places as to, or different places as to what to share with you. Because I'm reflecting on what I'm feeling in this place of what I believe the Lord wants to do with your church. Um, And I'm also weighing that with some things, uh, different places and directions where I could go in this morning. Uh, But actually, I'm going to start off with something I believe I've probably said here before. I believe God wants to move in this region. Um, Is it Hickory? Is that what it's called? Yeah. What's the city called? Newton. 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 Okay, Newton. Um, This this region you're in... um, there's a move of God that I believe is connected to this assembly, this, this congregation. And for that move to be released, each one of you, each one of us in this congregation has a part to play. And one of the key things the Lord is wanting to stir more and more of is hunger that causes us to push past the religious norms and causes us to press into a place of seeking His presence in unusual ways. If you want to see some things you haven't seen before, you're going to, ha- you're going to have to do some things in seeking God in ways you have never sought Him before. Uh, the ways we have been seeking God has been in our comfort zones. You know, just seeking God in the ways that we know to. Maybe through a coming service, maybe through a Wednesday prayer meeting, maybe through another service or a revival service over here. But there is a new level of seeking that is going to come from desperation. And sometimes we're not desperate until we're put in desperate circumstances. And the desperate circumstances oftentimes are, you know, we need a healing, we need a breakthrough in this, and then the desperate prayers start to come. Now, I want you to realize you have to step into that state of desperation whether you have those needs or not. You can't allow the needs to be what stirs up that desperation. Show me the Christian that knows how to pray intensely without crisis. And I show you the Christian that's rightly positioned to handle the crisis when it arises. Our prayer lives oftentimes are based on the intensity or the need of the moment. Or in terms of oftentimes natural needs, we need money. We pray intensely. Or we need healing. The graph of prayer in our life goes really high, probably intense. And that season passes, the graph drops. 
and then we need a breakthrough in another area. We mobilize prayer. We send out all the prayer requests. Get people to pray for us. And we, we start to pray ourselves. Start fast as well. And, you know, you look at the graph. It's up and down and up and down and up and down. And the places where we pray most intense is when we have the most needs. But what God is actually wanting us to do is not just respond to the needs in the natural. He's wanting us to begin to pick up what he's doing in the spirit. And that begin to cause us to begin to pray with an intensity that's not based on what's going on around us in the natural, but what is going on in the spirit. I mean, when, I mean, I mean, this is America, 9-11 was a big deal. And in that time, most people went to church. Is that fair? Most people went to church because of the crisis. Now, in the UK, generally, the media is probably on the left. And generally, you, you wouldn't hear people talk about God. In America, people say, God bless America. You wouldn't hear people say God in the media in the UK. However, God forbid, if there was a terror attack in London, those on the news that are against God start to say, pray for London, pray for London. All of a sudden, people start to get spiritual and ask for prayer when something happens. Even the Christians that don't pray, they start to turn their services to have more of a prayer focus. And so what I want to say to the church is, why do you need to wait for a terror attack to realize you have a responsibility to pray for your nation? Why do you need to wait till something goes bad? Then you're like, all right, now we're going to pray intensely. Right now, God is wanting to switch into that mode of realizing you need him. Now, you may not feel like you need him right now because you don't have a revelation of your spiritual poverty. You think you're okay. <laughs> so because you think you're okay, that's why, in fact, your lack of prayer is a sign of your pride. Because you're, you're feeling sufficient. You've got money. You know, you're not in a third world country. You can pay for things. You don't have to think. You don't have to, you don't have to pray to eat tomorrow morning. You're, you're almost self-sufficient in a certain way. So you know what? You don't really feel like you need God as much. And all the comfort in our society today, I just spat on you, sorry. It's anointed spit. <laughs> all the comfort in our society today is actually being used to dull us to the reality of our spiritual poverty. You need to be aware of your spiritual poverty, your poverty in spirit, how much you really need God, because that's going to drive you to seek Him more than anything else. And God... And the reality of God in your life right now is more important than money, is more important than marriage, is more important than any earthly comfort, anything this world has to offer. When that begins to be the primary thing kind of over your mind, then you start to make some radical decisions. So today I want to speak from Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Many Christians don't realize how spiritually weak they are. Many Christians don't realize how, how, don't realize how they have no spiritual strength and muscle. And sometimes circumstances reveal to us where we actually are, are oftentimes in our walk with God. Paul said to the church, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. That was a commandment. That was not a suggestion. It's commanding them to be strong. There's an expectation that we should be strong. 
The expectation may not necessarily be physical strength, but it's expected that we should be spiritually strong. You know, there's a scripture where Paul says, when I am weak, then I'm strong. He's not talking about when I'm weak in spirit. It's when I'm physically weak or when I'm weak because of circumstances, actually, I am strong in the spirit. And then we read as well in Luke 1, 80, that John the Baptist was in the desert. And he says, he grew strong in spirit. And he was in the desert until the day of his manifestation to Israel. Are you growing strong in spirit? Are you spiritually strong or are you spiritually weak? When the enemy starts to come against you, when circumstances start to reveal You know, when circumstances start to get more intense and things are getting more challenging, what do you run to? Is your strength failing in a day of battle, in a day of adversity? The scripture says, if your strength fails in a day of adversity, that means your strength is weak. But we are commanded to be strong. Now, this scripture starts by saying, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. There is a process of waiting on the Lord that I believe the Western church needs to rediscover. We are in a hurry. We want breakthrough now. We want the pastor to lay hands on us and everything shift now. Now, I'm not against the breakthroughs now, and they do happen. But God is more in the process. And the process oftentimes seems really, really slow. God is not in a hurry like you think he is. He wants to take his time to work on you. But because you're in a hurry, you're going to find some shortcuts. You know, Satan came to Jesus, right, and said to him, I'm uh, 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 going to offer you all the kingdoms of the world. You can have all this stuff. All you need to do is just bow down to me. And you know what he was offering to Jesus was God's intended purpose for Jesus after the resurrection. So Satan offered to Jesus God's intended purpose for him minus the process. The process was the cross. He had to go through that process. And God has a process for his intended destination for each of us. So we want to reach the destination, but oftentimes we don't realize the process is going to take some time. In fact, God gives us prophetic words about the destination. Haven't you noticed most prophetic words we receive often give us a great picture of what is ahead? Hardly do you hear about the trials in between. What did David say? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't say, even though I make my bed in the valley of the shadow of death. He's walking through. So, meaning he's coming out. Some say I'm coming out. (laughs) Some people are just staying in the valley. And they're just there. It may be difficult right now, but you're in the process. You're meant to come out. And even while you're going through the process, what the enemy means for evil, God is wanting to use it to do something in you that he would not have been able to do otherwise if the enemy didn't come against you in that way. He's wanting to build a system, a structure in you that nothing can take from you because you didn't get it from a book. You didn't get it from a sermon. You got it by your personal first-hand encounter with God. You know, many people come to church and they get lost in the crowd and they can be comfortable in the crowd. You can come to a meeting like this or go to a revival meeting and almost ride on the wave of other people's fire while you yourself are dead and dull and don't have your own personal encounter that's not just based on what the preacher said. Sermons are not going to change you. 
America, you've got the best preachers and best sermons everywhere. It's not, it's your encounter with God that's going to cause a shift in your life. So the sermon opens your eye and opens your heart. However, you need to lay hold of that. And God starts to work with what you've received in his word. And it's a process of personal transformation. Because of the kind of generation we live in, there's so much information we're receiving. And the problem is we can have so much theology and this is what ends up happening. We have big heads and small hearts. Full of so much. Oh, and we, we're kind of in a religious area right now. South, no, North Carolina, from my understanding. A lot of people go to church here, not like the UK. A lot of people understand church lingo. And so we can get lost in thinking we know something that we don't really know. We don't know anything about God or we don't have a personal encounter with God that's ongoing. It's just based on what we've heard. And because we've, the times where you read even scripture, you think you know it because you've read it. No, you don't know it. You know it when you've entered into the experience of it. Those who know their God will be strong, it says in Daniel. That's from firsthand experience. So, Isaiah is releasing this word. I believe the Lord is wanting the church to step into. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. When your strength is weak, you give in to temptation. When your strength is weak, you complain a lot. When your strength is weak, you blame God for everything. When your strength is weak, you can't come in. We come into a setting like this and you struggle to engage spiritually. You're dull in your heart. When your strength is weak, you don't pray. When your strength is weak, you don't fast. At these spiritual things are kind of out there. You can sit down and watch Disney Plus for five hours, but you struggle to pray for 30 minutes. Your spiritual strength is weak. You feed your body so much, but your spirit is not fed as much. And because of that, you easily give in to temptation. When your strength is weak, you struggle to hear God. As a believer, you're, des you're designed to hear God. It's impossible for a Christian, a true believer, to not hear God. Because you know what he says? My sheep. My sheep hear. So his sheep hear his voice. And how many of you would say you're a born-again believer in this room? Hands up. Okay, so that's most of us. If you're saying you're born again, the only, the only, the only way you got born again was because you heard God. It may not have been an audible voice, but you were, something happened in your heart. That's God speaking to you. So you got saved because God did something. Mean, meaning you have the, the, the ability to receive transmission from his realm. So if you're not receiving any transmission and you feel like you're not hearing anything from heaven and you feel like, you know, you're not receiving any clarity and you're confused, it's a sign that you're weak spiritually. But you're not called to be weak, you're called to be strong. So the question is, how do I move from being weak to being strong? Good question. Let's read on. Those who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They would mount up with wings like eagles. They would run and not be weary. They would walk and not faint. So here is describing what happens 
when you start to wait on the Lord, these are spiritual experiences. The language he's using here is describing spiritual experiences. So I'm going to talk to you from my own experience. When you decide you want to pray, and when you decide you want to seek God, it's part of the way in which God builds strength in you. Seeking God and spending time with Him actually builds spiritual strength in you. However, when you decide you want to seek Him, one of the first things you encounter is your spiritual poverty, your insufficiency. It takes God to love God. It takes God to be able to seek God. The Holy Ghost is an intercessor. And the Holy Ghost is meant to dwell in you. So you have a praying machine in you. So if you don't feel like praying, you need to get that engine moving. <laughs> Do you hear me? The end, um, you know those generators? Um, I, yeah, you guys should know what they are. Those generators that you have to pull them t- uh, to kind of generate some sort of electricity. You know what I'm talking about? You pull it the first time, and if you don't apply enough strength the first time, it just goes and then stops. Because the force you apply is not enough to activate the internal dynamo. That generator can run itself without your energy. Are you with me? Acts 1.8 says this, you shall receive dunamis. Everyone say dunamis. That's Greek word for power. You shall receive power. Someone say power. power. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. The power of the Holy Ghost is not just for the preacher. It's not just for the man of God, the woman of God. You are called to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Meaning, in the Holy Ghost is hidden power. But the Holy Ghost comes upon you, but then you need to have a way to activate the power. The, the Pentecostal church has fallen in love with tongues. Praise God for tongues. But Acts 1 8 did not say you shall receive tongues. The early church were promised power. They waited and sought for power. And guess what they got? Power. The Pentecostal church is seeking for tongues. We wait for tongues, we get tongues, and we settle with tongues. Tongues is not wrong. In fact, tongues is one of the pathways through which we access the power. But I'll, I'll explain that in a few moments. Now, the, the, the generator, when you start pulling it, you apply your own energy to pull it. You have to apply enough force. Now, that part of using your own energy to pull it is like you deciding, okay, Lord, now I want to pray. Now I want to seek you. Didn't Jesus, didn't uh, uh, one of the epistles, it says, draw near to the Lord. I believe it's James. Draw near to the Lord. And what? He will. Okay, you have your part to play. And then he has his part to play. So when you're going to pull that generator, you need to apply enough force to pull it. Because there is such, like there's this kind of lethargic, dull sense that so easily creeps in into your spirit, into your soul. It takes energy to decide to seek God. You have to apply your will. Some big Christians just wait to feel like praying before they pray. If that's you, you're never going to grow. You're never going to become any, anything strong in the spirit because you're waiting on your emotions to move you. 
Whereas the Muslims pray five times a day, whether they feel like it or not. They have a prayer culture. We have a prayer meeting. We wait till we feel like it. No wonder we're not strong. You don't, you, don't, you don't need to wait till you feel like it. I often say you're not called a feeler. You're called a believer. Let's put feelings aside right now. And let's get stirred in the spirit. But there is a choice you have to make. Okay, Lord, I've received your spirit. There is a, there's dunamis within me, but I need to get it activated. So I'm going to pray. One of the ways you activate the power within is by praying in the Holy Spirit. Paul says, I will pray in tongues. That's an act of his will. So you choose to pray in tongues. When you start praying in tongues, it's like you're pulling that dynamo, you're pulling that generator. When you start, initially, it might feel hard. I spoke this morning about the outer court, the inner court, and the holy holies. When you start, oftentimes you will start in the outer court. In other words, as you start praying, you're going to become more aware of things within you. And sometimes you start to come against things around you. There's internal things you deal with, but sometimes you're dealing with also atmospheric things around you in the environment you're in. So when you start to pray, as you start praying in tongues, sometimes what starts to hit your mind is, you sound stupid, just stop right now. Or this doesn't make any sense. Or this feels so lame right now. God feels a thousand miles away. Or this feels so hard. Why, why does it seem like prayer doesn't work for me but works for the other guy? Is God actually listening to me at all? Anyone knows what I'm talking about here? You're in the outer court. The fact that you're in the outer court does not mean you should remain in the outer court. You are starting what I call a spiritual pilgrimage. So as you start praying in tongues, you're pulling that generator. And then if you keep pulling it and you apply enough force and you pull it, it gets to a point where the generator the dynamo reaches maximum oscillation and then it, it, it activates the internal dynamo so the generator starts to run itself. Are you with me? When the generator starts to run itself, you don't now need to apply as much force. The generator is running on the internal energy that it already has. That is your spirit. You have to activate your spirit. But sometimes it takes effort saying no to the flesh. Silence in the flesh. Say, okay, I feel bored right now, but I'm still going to press in and pray in tongues. Many Christians don't know the journey of silence in the flesh when they're feeling bored. You think because you're feeling bored, it means you're not a Christian? Boredom is part of the process to get to the place of encounter. You have to embrace boredom as your pathway to breakthrough. If you just say, oh, you know, this is this hard right now, I can't be bothered. Well, you're always going to remain an outer court and you're never going to grow strong. You have to push past that place. And when you begin to pray in tongues, when you break through, you find that the tongues begins to come out of you like a river. Your mind takes a back seat, and now it's like just coming. Anyone, does anyone know by experience what I'm talking about here? In those moments, your spirit is activated. It's on that energy that you're able to grow strong. 
And in fact, what's actually happening is Isaiah 40. You are beginning to mount up with wings like eagles in the spirit. As you begin to stay in that energy realm of the spirit being stirred, that place is where your discernment starts to sharpen. And as you stay there, because your discernment is sharpening, your perception to discern the voice of God also sharpens. Now, listen, to get to that place may take you an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. The question is, are you willing to wait until you get there? Or are you just going to tick the box? Okay, I'm going to do my 20 minutes prayer today. You pray. Okay, I don't feel God. I can't be bothered. And you move on to rest. And that's it. You never broke through. You, you, you realize sometimes the majority of the work in prayer is you pray until you get to the place where prayer happens. <laughs> As in, you're, you're, you're pushing past resistance, internal resistance, internal distractions. Sometimes you're dealing with external things depending on where you're praying at, you know, and you're pushing, and then when you get to the place where prayer happens, the, the Holy Ghost within you is the prayer engine. Is active, the flow begins to come, and your insufficiencies are swallowed up. And that is how you can pray for long hours. Now, those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. I remember going away to have some time to pray. I took three days away to fast, to pray, to see God. So what it meant was, book a hotel room, and I'm going to seek God for 12 hours a day. So fast all the time, and I'm just going to maybe have some worship on, but majority of the time was praying in the Spirit. Day one was very difficult. In one room, just praying and just seeking God, nothing else. No entertainment, nothing. I'm just, my Bible, and I'm just praying the Spirit, and I'm seeking God. By the end of day one, as day two was about to start, and I started praying, I'm thinking, Lord, this is so challenging. See, I don't think lots of Christians are being taught how to seek God. Maybe sometimes it feels like we've been, it's like we've been spoon-fed, like, Milk. We're not being taught. Many Christians don't know the protocol, the process of truly seeking God. Seeking God will kill you. Did you hear me? <laughs> seeking God, the process of seeking God is designed to kill you. Now, when was it? Jacob. When Jacob was encountering God and he was in that wrestle, after that wrestle, we knew he encountered God because we could see the sign of it and how he walked afterwards. The sign of the encounter was seen in the pain in his flesh. Encountering God and seeking him often will leave a mark on your flesh. It hurts the flesh. Your, you don't want, your flesh doesn't want to pray, but your spirit wants to. Because you're designed to engage with God. So after day one, I'm thinking, Lord, I know you're, you're real. <laughs> but where on earth are you today? Now, that whole day, it was only the next day I realized what was going on the previous day. I was spending the whole day pressing in and seeking God, like pulling that generator, but I hadn't got to the place where 
the dynamo, the energy of the spirit was activated within me. But by the next day, as I started to pray, still struggling, I realized what was actually going on was I was waiting on him. All that 12-hour plus of prayer was me waiting. Because the real prayer started when he came. Do you, do, are you hearing me? <laughs> so part of the waiting was I was praying in the spirit, realizing my spiritual poverty, saying, Lord, I don't know how to pray. And as difficult as this feels right now, I am going to stay here. I'm not turning on anything else. I am. See, many Christians don't want to stay. Your, your hands, you're itching for the phone. You're itching for something else. You want to look at something else. Apart from just stay there. Those who wait, wait, wait. Wait means wait. You cannot manipulate God to show up when you want him to. God is king. He's Lord. He comes when he wants to come. So if he decides he's going to come on day three, well, that's when he's going to come. Have you not read about Moses going up the mountain to wait on the Lord? For seven days, he waited in silence. God told him to come up and God did not speak until after day seven. Have you tried waiting on God in silence for seven days, no words? And yeah, you say you want to know God. We, we, we admire Moses and how he walks with God, but we don't emulate his life. It's called delusional hypocrisy. We want what he had, but we don't want to do what he did to get it. If you really want to know God, it's going to hurt your flesh. And I am thinking, Lord, all these hours waiting on you, Lord, what are you doing? What is going on in heaven? I'm sure there's lots of things you're dealing with, but God, I'm here right now. Hear me. And maybe God was busy. <laughs> But see, this is also crazy thing about seeking the Lord. Sometimes when you begin to fast and when you begin to pray, God doesn't always come immediately. He's like he, 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 he sits back to watch you. How serious are you about this? Is, 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 it, is she really desperate? Is she really serious about seeking me? Or is she just going through the Christian charismatic gymnastics? And then she gives up. How hungry. So by... The second half of day two, I can truly say he came. And when he came, what seemed so difficult in terms of the hours? You see, have you ever spent time praying and you, you're praying really hard and you feel like you've prayed for two hours? You look at the clock, it's been 10 minutes. It's a sign you're in the outer court. But it, it's okay you're just dealing with the flesh and he hasn't come. The presence, the, there's not been the activation. All you need to do is oh, be aware of your poverty that you need him and stay. The problem is we don't have the patience to stay. We want it now. God, come now, now, now. We sing all the songs. We do all the, We shout. And we, see, if he's not coming, he's not coming. You can't, you can't whip up some kind of charismatic thing to get him to come in that moment. And so when the presence of God came into my room, the hours flew by like minutes. So initially, by the start of day one, at the end of day one, I'm like, oh, Lord, this is so hard. Help me have mercy. By the end of day two, I booked the room for like three or four nights. I was honestly wishing I could be there for seven nights or even more. Because now, it's not that hours weren't going by like hours normally do, 
but I could feel the energy of the Lord praying through me. And so I was praying, but it wasn't I that was praying. It was him that was praying through me. Because now the presence of God is building up strength in my spirit because I waited. Are you hearing me? Now, I don't know how things work in America because when you go to the restaurants, you have to give a tip, right? Oh, gosh, my time is up. Is my time up? I've lost track of time. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'll wrap up shortly. So, um, um, it, Rebecca, am I right? In the UK, the, the, the waiters get paid even if, even if um, there's no tip given. Over here, the waiters get paid if there's no tip given. They still get paid to an extent. Okay, so let's just go with this illustration. The job of the waiter is to what? The job of the waiter is to what? Serve, yeah, but technically, they're called a waiter because they wait. They, they wait until someone shows up, right? They wait until a customer shows up. And the customer gives them orders. Then they have a job. Are you hearing me? <laughs> so if this illustration works, what really should happen is the waiter doesn't have anything to do until a customer shows up. But the job of the waiter is to wait. So if a customer doesn't show up, the waiter should still get paid because they're waiting. That's the way I understand it. I don't know if it works that way in the U.S., but it works that way in the U.K. So the, the waiter waits. Let's just imagine the customer doesn't show up to the restaurant. The waiter still has a job and will still get a reward for waiting. In the moments when it feels hard and God feels like a thousand miles away and you still choose to stay, there is still a reward for staying. But in the moment, your flesh makes you feel like nothing is happening. Now, when you summon up the grace, or when God gives you the grace, that's the wrong way to say, when God gives you the grace and you summon up the courage to stay regardless, and then his presence starts to break in and the flow of prayer starts to come, you start to mount up. When you mount up, there's some signs that manifest in the natural to show you that you're mounting up. Tears. Softness of heart. God has already been there all along, but all of a sudden, you're able to perceive his voice quickly. And your thoughts become clearer. Your tongues become sharper. You open up the word and there is a greater sense of connectedness to what you're seeing on the page. Are you hearing me? It's a sign that you're mounting up. Many Christians have not mounted up. They're still in the valley complaining, dying, and they're dead on the inside, weak on the inside, but they're just staying there waiting for the man of God to lay hands on them. And nothing wrong with laying hands, but God wants you to mount up. God wants you to wait until you begin to be stirred in your spirit. So my journey of waiting on the Lord was so life-transforming, so impactful. I came away a completely different person. Jesus didn't physically walk into my room, but I mean, I, I would have loved for him to walk into my room. <laughs> but even though that didn't happen, I came away with so much life on the inside, so much clarity on the inside, so much focus on the inside, so much hunger for more on the inside. 
And I started to reflect on that. That's why I'm teaching this as a wrap-up now. Many Christians don't know the experience of waiting until he comes. We want things very quick. And so in a worship service, we could start to sing, and the worship leader, those leading, may feel like the congregation are not really engaging because sometimes people just want to be entertained because they don't have any internal walk with God that means they know how to push past resistance. They're waiting for the pastor to whip them up, stir them up, get them more excited. I, I don't need you to stir me up. If I come to your prayer meeting, I'm already stirred. I don't need you to preach me some motivational message. And by the way, Jesus never preached a motivational message. He's wanting us to align with him and find his presence. What I shared with you is just part of my journey. But when you start to journey with God yourself, the Holy Spirit starts to teach you how he has made your spirit to function. Do you realize that each of us are in, if we're truly walking with God, each of us are in a unique school of the Holy Spirit. The school you're in is different to the school I'm in. It's the same Holy Ghost. There's some modules He's going to teach you based on the calling on your life. He's going to take you through, through some classes. And if you fail, you're going to do it again and again and again until you pass. So He's got all the time. He's, I mean, He's in eternity. You're the one that doesn't have time. So if you like, if you don't submit to His process, you're making the whole thing longer for yourself. But you have your unique school and I have, I have my own school I'm in right now. The Holy Ghost is teaching me things. But that's pertaining to the calling of my life. And you also have specific things He wants to teach you. So you have to submit to His program. And as you begin to do that, you begin to realize unique ways in which He works in your life. Each of us are called to have a deep walk with God and we're called to be strong in the spirit. We're called to be warriors, an army that doesn't back out. Too many of us are giving up too easy. The enemy is just coming like a flood because the standard has not been raised up. He's wanting to raise up the standard in you through a heart of seeking, a heart of prayer, a heart of intercession. So do you want to stand with me as we pray right now and wrap up? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Since this is the last service, I'm just going to open up the altars. Um, and it's a very simple call. If you want to renew your heart of pursuit, you want a fresh release of, I guess, divine grace upon your pursuit. Maybe you've got discouraged, you're tired, you've given up. The Lord is wanting you to be re-energized in that pursuit, in that hunger. He is right there as you're seeking, even when you don't feel anything. But there's more He wants to do. There's more He's teaching you than you're discerning in the moment. So Father, right here at Christ Alive Church, we're asking that you would cause us to be God-seekers. Like, not just based on just theological ideas, but in the reality of our walk with you, that we all become strong. The least among us will be as strong as David, strong in the spirit. If you'd like to respond to this, just want to invite you to come forward right now. Uh, maybe just, you know, get before the Lord and just begin to ask him for a, gr a fresh grace to pursue his presence. 
a fresh grace to stay. You know, there's something called a staying power where you stay, you wait, you wait, you wait until the Lord comes. The, the disciples stayed in the upper room until they understood that the Holy Spirit was going to come when the Holy Spirit was going to come. And their job was just to wait in prayer, to seek Him and keep waiting and keep seeking Him until He came. And when He came, everything changed. He is here and He is coming. He is here and He is coming in greater measures. Christ Life Church, there is a move of God that you're called to host. There is more that God wants to do here. Don't be satisfied and don't get stuck in a rut. He is here, but he's coming. He said, are you going to wait and press in and, and, and seek me until I come? Or are you going to give up halfway? Lord, we want to seek you. In your own words, just begin to talk to the Lord right now. Lord, renew my hunger. Lord, renew my focus. Lord, I ask for grace to keep pressing in, Lord. I ask that you'd cause me to not give up. I don't want to get... Some of you, it's, 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 it's uh, uh, addictions and cycles, you know, weights of this world, that sin that easily besets you. It's holding you back. The Lord is wanting you to rise above it because His grace is coming even right now. Father, let those stumbling blocks begin to be removed even right now. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and release such presence that expels all forms of addictions that's holding people back from giving themselves in pursuit of you, Lord. Let this church become a place where your presence dwells, where you truly move. Father, we stand against any dullness of heart where hunger has kind of dwindled because of religious activities that are just going through the motions shake us out of our complacency shake us out of every religious mindset that's blocking our pursuit Lord right now we invite you to break that off in Jesus name we say let the hunger arise let the cry burst forth let all the all the restrictions that have been built around your move Lord bring in a break away Father and let your presence truly come Lord in Jesus' name. Jesus. Come on, church. Come on, church. Just lift your heart and begin to pray. If you can pray in tongues right now, I want you to begin to do that. Jesus. 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 Come on, church. Don't stop. Just lift your hearts, lift your voice right now. Begin to pray. Oh, Yavala Davaha Sasel, Namandes. How Yavala Namanda. Yeah. Jesus. Restore vision. Restore strength. Restore courage. Restore pursuit and hunger, Lord. In the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. Lanavando hosso vele de biases. Malanavandra valas de vele de biases. Jesus. Lord, where there's been discouragement that has like become like a, a, a blockage in some people's pursuit, Lord, I just break off any kind of hopelessness and any kind of discouragement that the enemy has been releasing or that has come as a result of circumstances, Father. Right now, I say, Lord, let hope arise. Let faith arise. Let faith begin to arise in our hearts, Lord. Even as your word goes forth right now, I ask that, Lord, faith will begin to be stirred because you are a warder of those who diligently seek you. Without faith, it's impossible to please you. And Lord, even right now, I say, God, let hopelessness be lifted up right now. Discouragement, Lord, be lifted up, Father. Let vision be restored right now, Lord. Let the dullness begin to be shifted to a place of hunger and focus. Break us out of the comfort. The comfort that comes sometimes because of circumstances that seem like they don't change and we just, we just kind of coast, we just, uh, just relax in that kind of frustration or maybe that hopelessness. Father, I pray that that will lift even right now, that there will be a real kind of uh, uh, renewal of, of hope, renewal of vision in hearts in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this prayer storm podcast. For more content, find us on Instagram at prayerstorm, all one word, and on YouTube, prayerstorm.tv.